0: i'm megan barker welcome to jamming and jammies we are sitting down with some of our favorite music creators and industry leaders and they are going to share how they got where they are as well as valuable insights into the music world you can watch the interviews online you can also stream the podcast and we also do a live stream every sunday night So check out jamminandjammies.com for all the details. Um, Today we are sitting down with Leah Hudson. Leah is the director of membership and songwriter events at NSAI. If you're unfamiliar with NSAI, it stands for Nashville Songwriters Association International established in 1967, I did my research. And its mission is to protect the rights of aspiring and professional songwriters and any genre of music, you guys. And Leah has a passion for helping songwriters. So I'm really excited to sit down with her. Let's welcome her. Leah, how are you doing? (laughs)
1: I'm oh, great. I feel like I'm on this pedestal now, so I'm even better than I was before. Thank you for that lovely introduction, Megan.
0: It's quite a mouthful. We have a lot of ground to cover. Um, let's start at the beginning. Just tell everyone where you're from and how you got into music.
1: Sure. Yeah, well, first of all, I'm a big fan of Jamie and Jamie's and you know I'm a big fan of you, so this is also just an honor to do. Um oh, I grew up south of Birmingham, Alabama in a town called Alabaster. And I went to school at Troy University, which is um, south of Montgomery. Um, And the school had an amazing uh, music industry program that I discovered a couple years into being there actually. And um, so I studied cultural anthropology and then I kind of shifted into this minor with music industry. Basically figured out that you could have jobs on the the industry side and you could make a career that way. So as soon as I learned that, kind of figured out about the magical world of internships and I interned with NSAI in 2017 and I have been there ever since so I moved here in, in August of 2017 yeah.
0: Wow okay so did you always want to work on the business side?
1: Um, I think I don't know what I I didn't know what I wanted to do I just knew I wanted to be near music and that I was honestly happiest when I was near um, you know a band rehearsing or or near an artist showing out um, a new song or playing in a coffee shop or something like that it just I was always sucked into that and I thought how can I make my life to where I can be around that most of the time And then I kind of figured out that there's a business side of that, that I don't have to have the pressure of being an artist, (laughs) um, because that's a lot. And we talked about that a few weeks ago. Um, So, yeah, I think like deep down I'm musical, but just uh, the overwhelming need to be around like a variety of music to kind of outweighs that for me. And it's um, pretty clear that this is what I'm supposed to be doing, so
0: I love it. I don't think you have to be like a songwriter to be musical. So I love that. That absolutely describes you as far as what I know about you so far perfectly. Um, What does a typical day look like for you? What is your what is your job?
1: Yeah, um, well, a typical day actually has has shifted a bit since we were in the office and to now. So um, but currently a typical day for me is, you know, a couple meetings one on one with songwriters. You know, just talking about their goals and and their vision, and um, oftentimes we talk about their doubts and fears um, and questions about the industry. That I try my best to at least pretend to know how to answer. <laughs> um, kind of and... like a therapist, at some point. <laughs> a little bit, yeah. Um, it it has certainly become that, um, and with sort of the beauty of having this digital era is that I'm now meeting with more people than ever and, you know, communicating with people who are in Alaska and, you know, South America and just all over the place who normally wouldn't be able to just come to Nashville on a whim. Um, so it's that's a really beautiful part of my job is, it is you know, just talking to people um, one-on-one about, about who they are and their story and how, 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 I, how I and how NSAI can help them um, kind of get plugged into the songwriting community. Other than that, it's a lot of, um, you know, what you would expect, expect out of an industry meeting, you know, networking and meetings and project management and stuff like that. Um, it's also gives me a lot of joy and and fulfillment to see, you know, a project or an event, even if it's virtual, come to life. So it's kind of those two main categories are what, what makes up my job.
0: Yeah. I would love to talk about events. Um, It's such a tough time right now. There's not a lot happening, but there are, NSAI is doing some really cool stuff online. So uh, how can people learn more about the online events and the the benefits of joining NSAI? Yeah,
1: so there's a lot of benefits to joining um, and there's a lot of things that come with NSAI membership that's that's included in that, um, that's very enriching. Um, On top of those things, we have premium events like Rise, which we're starting the first week of March um, and continuing through March, which is uh, a very personalized sort of educational course. And then, of course, um, you remember 10 Pan South, the biggest songwriter festival in the world. We we took that to virtual last year and, and, um, you know, we'll see this year if it allows us to um do that in person later um but there's all kinds of things that we're doing you know workshops one-off little things here and there um and obviously we're supporting anybody who's doing the you know instagram live where they're teaming up with people and um we have shows and things kind of similar to this going on too so basically to get plugged in you can just join at naturalsongers.com in the upright-hand corner, you click join, or you can email me at leah at nationalsongwriters.com and I can help you get started
0: i love how accessible NSAI is and how you are i think when a lot of people get to nashville or maybe they're just visiting and and taking regular trips i know a lot of people take regular trips out here before they decide if they're going to move here or not but i love how accessible you guys are because it is so hard to get indoors in this industry i mean it's it's i think that's probably i would imagine like the number one question that you guys get is how do i make connections with publishers um and joining NSAI is probably step one um do you listen to songs every single day from artists or songwriters? And do you ever make connections? Can I ask that?
1: Yeah, yeah you can ask that. Um, yeah, I listen to songs every single day. Um, and you're right, NSA is kind of like sort of the launching pad or the gateway for a lot of people because there is this widespread like no solicitation policy, which makes sense because the volume is just so high of creators and stuff like that now you know, because anybody can, can write a song from their bedroom, even if they don't necessarily play an instrument or they've never taken a lesson or whatever. So, um, yeah, the, the accessibility part is, is huge. And you're right that it's, it's kind of the first stop. Yeah. We make connections for people when it's appropriate. And w- when we've seen them go through some things and we've seen them expand their network and we've seen them, you know, put a lot of work into it. Yeah. Um, because it's important to us to uphold our reputation in the industry so we're not going to just stick our neck out you know, unless we really believe in you which you've seen that part of things too you know on a firsthand level but yes we do make those kinds of connections when it's appropriate but even before that we give you opportunities to pitch in sort of a controlled environment so you're not having to you know wonder if, oh, should I cold email this person at a publishing company and bombard their, you know, yeah you don't have to do that because we control that environment and make it safe for them and for you. And, um, you know, just an all-around positive experience and a learning experience. That's the more important part of all those services is kind of learning how this all works and how you fit into it and how your songs stack up. You know, that is if you're wanting to go a commercial route. Not everybody yeah. wants that. A lot of people do, so um, we tend to talk about it a lot, but, you know, there's other ways that we talk about finding success that's not necessarily, um, you know, publishing companies and and, uh, single song contracts and things like that. You know, we we talk about sync placements, etc. But yes, to answer your question, we do bridge that gap when it's when it's appropriate.
0: Yeah, there's so many things that NSAI does. And I, I know that because I've, I've been a member for a long time. But when we talk about it out loud, it really becomes clear. I mean, I got invited to a songwriter speeding, dating, speed dating event that you guys did. And that was so cool. And, and you guys that are watching, they would like put you in this virtual room right now because it's all on Zoom um, <laughs> with like three or four other songwriters. And everybody got a few minutes to just chat and connect on social media or whatever. And it was fantastic. And I think we need that all the time, but especially right now when... COVID. Um, but there's just so many things, like the pitch to publishers you were talking about, there's just so much value in an NSAI membership. And um, I really think that NSAI is like the first tool in a songwriter's toolkit. And now there's a whole bunch of other great things that are coming up that I wish were around when I first started, like Songtown and Forrest Whitehead has started Music City Playbook. And there's all these other cool things that are popping up. Um, but NSAI, I would say is kind of the first, you guys kind of paved the way for all these great tools. So yeah, yeah, would would you say that you have to be in Nashville to be a successful commercial songwriter?
1: No, um, you definitely don't. And you know the obvious ones are you know L. A. and New York and even Austin, Texas. I mean those places um, make it possible, but you really don't have to live in any of those either. You know, Lori McKenna spends her time in Boston. She has a family there and a community there. Um, now she did visit a lot over the last, you know, 10, 15 years, um, or longer than that. I can't tell she looks so young. I can't, <laughs> the number doesn't make sense to me, but you get the idea. She, she goes back and forth and kind of makes it happen. And we've seen that happen with NSAI members too, that, you know, maybe they eventually move here, but you certainly don't have to, to live here to make that a reality. The thing is, is that music is everywhere. Like it, it's in your town, no matter where you're listening from. And, um, it's just a matter of finding it and finding how you can make revenue off of it. Um, and so I mentioned sync licensing, that's a huge avenue for, you don't have, you can live anywhere and do that. You can be on an Island, you know, off Antarctica and <laughs> create some music for something. And as long as you have internet, um, so no, you don't have to live in Nashville. You don't have to live in Nashville to, uh, use NSAI benefits and services absolutely you you didn't have to before we went digital um but but certainly now we've we've expanded those opportunities and made it easier for you even if you live you know in the middle of Idaho or whatever yeah Um, glad
0: you brought that up you guys actually have NSAI communities all over the country
1: we do and internationally as well so we have about 65 70 chapters who are meeting regularly online um, pretty much every month right now and they're doing things like the speed dating or will you be my co-writer um, type workshops. And they're also having guest speakers on and um, more, most importantly probably is just um, finding that little pocket of, of community of, you know, people in um, Virginia who wanna to gather together or we have a great uh, chapter in Michigan and Oklahoma city. I mean, they're they're all over the place and NSAI membership includes that, but if you're not yet a member and you just wanna check that out, you're more than welcome to do that and just, you know, put yourself right there in the middle of all of it, and there are wonderful people out there, and they will help you, and um, explain things, and do song feedback. It's, it's really, like, probably the best thing that NSA has to offer is the chapters, yeah.
0: Absolutely. Would, let's say that COVID's over, and the world is semi-normal again. What is the best way for somebody who just got to Nashville to meet people, and make connections, and, and how long do you think it takes?
1: Wow. For some people, <laughs> some people come here a day, like the day I moved here, I went to Live on the Green yeah. and met people and still talk to those people. Yeah. Some people, it takes, you know, months to um, establish that, but it it really won't take you long if you are living here and you are out in public to meet other songwriters, period. Like, you can be in Kroger and strike up a conversation with someone. And I guarantee you, they know someone, their roommate or they themselves or a producer or they, you know, are in management or or something. Like the networking part is a struggle for me personally just Mm -hmm. um, to keep up with. But in terms of like running into people and just starting that, it's really not hard. And the main way that people do that with no COVID going on is going to writer's rounds, and going consistently, and just being social with people, um, and, and it just, it builds organically, and before you know it, um, yeah, I would say, like, after a year of living here, you have probably, by that time, you've probably got a small circle of people that you can count on, and that you can bounce ideas off of, and collaborate with, um, it's just, it, it is the city for that, like I said, music's everywhere, but it's, it's very concentrated in <laughs> this town. Yeah.
0: I think, you know, if you're if you're really wanting to do mainstream and, and that kind of stuff, really nothing can beat just being here every day and going out. Um, it's funny that you say that the social part is hard for you. That seems to be a recurring thing that I hear in these interviews with songwriters. Um, even like AR people, like everyone I talk to in this world seems to be like like the social part is a struggle. So um, I completely empathize. I've had a lot of people say that they think I'm like extroverted because I like post and I'm, I'm like bubbly. But like, just because I like to be on stage, I'm completely introverted. And going out and meeting people was something I had to like force myself to do. And I would just kind of like be like, okay, don't be scared, go talk to them. And just mm-hmm. kind of, you know, like a light switch, just shut off the anxiety and go talk to someone. So you can do it if you're watching this and you're nervous or you're shy. We are too. Um, it's just, you know, how bad do you want it? Because you do have to make friends and, and you can't just sit alone in your bedroom. Forever, I get. I think if you want like commercial success, but
1: yeah, you do have it, to meet people. It's yeah. it becomes easier after it yeah. starts like feeling like your territory. Yeah, like I don't know about you, Megan, but Douglas Corner was like my oh. spot. So I would go in there. I would know a lot of people in the room. So obviously, I'm way more comfortable there. But it just takes a couple of times of doing that. So when in doubt, if you just absolutely can't handle it, just pick one place. Pick, yeah, you know the Commodore Grill and pick your table yeah. and eventually kind of branch out from there. But that's, that's kind of what helped me. was like, I feel very comfortable at Douglas. Of course, now rest in peace Douglas this corner, big bummer. Um, but yeah, that's a small tip from someone who is still learning how to network. <laughs>
0: it's a great tip too. I think that's great advice. And I, I do think that it's all about confidence building. And the second that you walk in somewhere and you see somebody, you know, you instantly feel better. So it won't take long to, to, to figure that out. Um, what does it mean to you to be a female in the music industry right now?
1: I mean, it's awesome. It's power. <laughs> it's power. <clears throat> I mean, we're seeing this shift. I think where a lot of decision makers are women. And it is about time for that. Um, oh. Because I, I feel intrinsically like women are really connected with music and it hits us and it's it's powerful and um all things I can think about with with women in music is is just the word power and I'm like I don't mean that in a negative way towards people who are not women uh, or don't identify as women but it's just it's awesome that we are kind of taking the driver's seat in the industry and I'm like so fortunate that I'm around during this time. I do think that there's, especially for artists, there's still some hurdles um, and there's still issues and stuff that that needs to be addressed. And I think that Nashville in particular, the Nashville music industry has to address that, but that's why organizations like Change the Conversation are coming up and different things like that. And um, I just see this like amazing movement to just generally, more equality and more um you know female voices in, in music and and on the industry side so all in all i'm i'm really pumped about that i'm really excited to be part of it with the caveat that i know that there's still some work just to, to be done
0: yeah but i think you're going to be a part of it i think this is a really exciting time and and you're going to be part of it and that leads me to my next question like what are some of your goals what does the future look like for leah
1: wow that's So sweet. I Like, people don't ask me that all the time. It's usually the other way around that I'm, like, asking.
0: Oh, (laughs) we want to know about about you. What are are your plans? Because, you know, people like you that have been in Nashville just a few years, you guys could be running this town in 10 years. So what do you want? What what does the future look like for you?
1: What I want is to, I want to see, and I'm starting to get this. I want to see some of the people who I've worked with really soar. I want to see them get signed or get a million seat placements and get a mansion in somewhere and like live their life I want to see that for other people and for myself I want to um, feel comfortable in in that social way that we were talking about everywhere I go in Nashville like I want to be able to do that in a couple of years and um, apart from that you know something that I, I feel like I was taught mistakenly early on is that you kind of have to pick one track and and stick to that um but in the past eight months or so I've been picking up some side projects some writing and some editing and I'm making a lot of guest appearances on shows and stuff like that like this which is so fun um and so I think I'm kind of in this liminal phase right now of, of understanding what um what all i can do what i'm all i'm capable in a week's time you know of course NSAI is like my heart and soul um in addition to that i can write a book if i want or i can start a podcast if i want so i think right now it's just kind of like enjoying that season and um seeing you know what's kind of calling my name in terms of special extra projects here and there you know maybe i produce an album one day i don't know something like that um but yeah, thank you for asking me that, Megan. <laughs> really I, sweet. I love
0: it. And I, I think, you know, we, we kind of get taught somewhere along the way that we have to pick one path, like you were saying, and there's so many things we can do. And that kind of hit me recently. And I don't usually talk so much about myself. I'm sorry. Normally I make it all about the interviewer, but I love talking with you. And I realized recently that I was kind of feeling that way. And and but when you look at people like I don't know, Carrie Underwood or these superstars, they do take on a whole bunch of other projects. They have a workout clothing line or a wine line, or um, there's just so many things, they write books. So, you know, why can't we do that stuff too? So I love that you're thinking about doing other projects. We have so much to offer in this creative industry. I love it. Um, What do you love about working with songwriters?
1: Oh my gosh, the main thing that I love, and I kind of touched on this a little bit, but the main thing that I love is that, just this colorful palette of music i get to consume like i i think if you're a songwriter there's not um or if you're an artist especially like it's not that you're limited but you kind of have to have a brand right like you have to have a brand for that time and you you gotta lean into that all the way i don't have to it's like i get to go to whole foods and get all of the samples of everybody so that's I love that about songwriters as um, you know an institution like as a as a group on a personal level what I love about songwriters is it's it is this courage that I don't think a lot of other profession professions require there's no clear path to um, success and I'm using success in air quotes because you know that's that I think that's even relative nowadays but Um, there's no clear, like, you know, go to law school and pass the bar and work at a place and then be a partner. Like there's, there's not that for songwriters. And so it requires someone to be almost like just totally confident. Even if you think that you're not confident, even if you think I'm not that good of a writer, like I don't belong in that room or I don't think I should play the round. Like the fact that you're even doing it and someone has heard your song Shows that you have a very unique soul and you have, you know, this innate need to be a storyteller and to take these huge emotions and these huge feelings or, you know, just fun feelings or um, dramatic or colorful, like whatever large thing and compact it into three and a half minutes so that someone else can maybe feel something. From it, And it's like, you really (laughs) don't have a ton to gain from that you are a giver. And naturally, I just am drawn to people like that, because it, it can be looked at as like a really ego driven thing, and like a self serving thing, but it's not if you really like talk to most songwriters, who really care about this a lot, you know, their goal in it is to tell a story and to connect with another person like there's nothing more beautiful or like unifying in the world than that and that's that's not just exclusive to like just songwriters that's also people who are you know amazing saxophone players or whatever like I'm drawn to any personality like that that just needs to share their art and it's almost like they're obligated to do it if that makes sense so I just think it's really it's a really pure form. It's a whether it's a a hobby or, you know, what you're hoping to be your profession or not, it's like it's just you doing that shows me that your personality is really wholesome. (laughs)
0: Yeah. It's so refreshing to hear. I mean, you're you're just so excited when you talk about songwriters. It's amazing. You can tell that you're really passionate. So I can't wait to see what you do. I have just a couple more questions for you. Um you know, do you have I know that you're not necessarily a songwriter, but you are a writer. Do you have any advice for I mean writer's block and i put it in quotes because um i heard clay mill say a long time ago that he doesn't believe in writer's block he just believes you're setting the bar too high so set the bar lower and just write something every day and that helped me but do you have any advice for for writer's block
1: i remember um in college when my mom was a um you know her career was being a writer she worked in advertising and writing and editing and stuff like that um And I remember one time kind of struggling with that in college um, and I was writing something important. I was writing like a Nina Simone thesis or something like that. And she said to me, just get on your computer or on a notebook and just write your name a ton of times (laughs) and then write some other nonsense a ton of times and something will come out. Like something will come out. And I think that if, if songwriters do that every day, like if you you know however however that needs to manifest for you like if you need to write the three things you're grateful for or whatever making that kind of a habit and retraining your brain to just put something on the paper or on your tablet or whatever um then it's just statistically like some of the words will become an idea or a hook or a title um it just takes um, the muscle memory almost so i think it, it's similar to that tip and that just Lowering the bar of like, you know, everything you write doesn't have to be a number one or like aiming to be a number one. Just do it a lot. Mm-hmm. In fact, that's one of the first things I tell people in meetings is like, okay, how many songs do you have that you could hand over to somebody? Mm-hmm. Um, and if you've only written a good measure of that is like, if you come to me and say, well, I've written, I've finished about 30 songs. Okay, well, you need like 150 before we really start moving. So before we do anything else, while you're kind of networking some focus on getting those 150 songs so it's the same principle it's just like volume increase your catalog increase your journal entries increase all of that stuff and you're bound to come up with something so (laughs) it it worked for me I just typed Leah 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 and then suddenly the rest of the paper just flowed out
0: (laughs) I love it I think a lot of writers and creative people have anxiety and like the root of anxiety is thinking like oh my God, I'm never going to write anything ever again. And like, yes, you will. So once you get past that and you realize, you know, maybe you had a rough week, it's okay. You'll write again.
1: Yeah. I mean, if you, even if you take like a couple of months off, yeah, that's okay. Like this, this, like I said, this is an obligation that you feel that you have. Yeah, And it, it's up to you on how you want that to display or how, how you want that to be a part of your life or not but you will come back to it if you're a songwriter you are a songwriter and you'll come back to it trust me because I meet so many people who have like had kids and grandkids and other you know lives and now they're like well I still really want to write songs I haven't done it in 20 years I'm like yeah okay so you will come back to it if you're wanting to to find some uh results from it, you need to probably do it every day or, you know, most, <laughs> most days at least.
0: Yeah. Yeah. What is the the best advice that you've gotten? I know that's very broad, but about anything about the music industry, about life, is there any advice that stuck with you?
1: Yes. I've been really fortunate to have so many important mentors, but the moment that you asked me about that, the first person I thought of was Casey Clickler who um, is just like the most amazing person. Um, She was just a big influence on my life. And she didn't, it's not like one piece of advice. She gave me tons of advice all the time, but there's one thing that kind of stuck with me that I think about daily, um, which is that, you know, we often get really hung up on this, like, and this is for creative people or otherwise, like, which by the way, everyone's creative. I don't mean it that way, but you know, like this is for like writers or anyone else. Um, she said that, you know, for a long time, she herself and other people tend to think of their careers as like career moves. What's the right step? What's the right thing to do next? And, da, 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 and Like have all this um, accomplishment and achievement. And She was like telling me about how um, she actually... I don't know if she would want me like bragging on her this hard. because She's so humble and modest, but um, she went on tour with Casey Musgraves on world tour and did that for, you know, the full term basically. And um, at the end is when she told me this and she was like, I just, I'm thinking of things in terms of the, the next adventure in my life. Like every single thing I do is just an adventure and I might learn different things from it and I might not and I might enjoy it and I might hate it but I'm gonna just live in it and I'm gonna experience it and when she called it that adventure it kind of suddenly shifted in my mind too of like you don't have a career you have a life and it's it's up to you like how you want to fill that time and like make an impact on people or not and you know when when to and when not to do that or whatever but uh just the way that she she put that has always stayed with me that like your your life is what it is and you might as well just like have some adventures along the way you don't you don't have to you know have this pressure to achieve everything or make the 30 under 30 list or things like that it's like those things are um ephemeral at the end of the day and what's more important is just like loving people and Um, being here for the party and kind of enjoying the adventure so I don't know if I she could sum it up like way more beautifully than that but
0: (laughs) oh that was great that was beautiful I I think that just inspired me I'm sure that's going to inspire other people I think as songwriters if you really want to, to be a professional songwriter I think we at some point get caught up in like strategizing all the time and what's the what's the best way to to access this person and or you know and and she's got it right at the end of the day it's it's an adventure and it's your life and I I love that we need to be reminded of that so that's awesome advice yeah. um I have one more question well okay two more questions I'm sorry <laughs> but then, then we'll let you go um sometimes I think songwriters move here and they you know want the big commercial success like we all do maybe an artist wants to be a superstar and um we read stories a lot some people it does happen quickly somebody moved here and within a year they've got a deal and it seems to be happening and some people have been here Five years and there's a lot of almost um, my question is what would you say to somebody who's maybe been struggling I know a lot of people went home last year and and didn't come back to Nashville Mm -hmm. and maybe that's the right choice for them I don't know but what would you say to somebody a songwriter who's really been trying they've got meetings they've been doing all the right things it just hasn't happened yet and they're thinking about throwing in the towel
1: yeah well A myth that you have to get out of your head first of all is that there's this like big break that happens because that does happen for some people but oftentimes it happens in ways that you don't notice like you just slowly organically kind of build this network and usually for the people who where it happens within a year like there's some other luck or amazing thing that happens because we all know like there's a ton of great songwriters in town and there's a ton of great songs by even like pro writers, legendary writers that the world may never hear. And so keep in mind that this whole thing is a business. It is not the music music. I don't, I don't know who said that, but someone else, not me said that it's not the music music, it's the music business. So, um, walking that line of like, kind of being true to yourself and staying authentic and doing your writing and stuff and like chasing this commercial dream is kind of an endless loop. So it's better to just sort of follow that path. That sounds really cliche, but follow that. And then at some point the industry will will um, intersect with that. And um, the only thing that you can do is continue to write and network during that time. And by networking, you know, obviously I'm meaning like, you know, co-writing and collaborating because um, you can't force the business machine to work in your favor and in fact if you're chasing that constantly and worrying about it, it it probably is gonna manifest that way that it's gonna um challenge you and my biggest encouragement is just to like keep your head up about it and don't don't compare because no nobody's path is the same in songwriting like yeah. even if you see if you see somebody who got signed within a year of moving to Nashville that's great but guess what sometimes people are signed and they still have to wait tables sometimes yeah. people are signed and they get dropped sometimes people win Grammys and they're still a waitress Jamie Floyd um so you cannot compare that that is probably been preached a lot before to songwriters everywhere but um it's really the truth like um there's nothing good it's gonna come of that all you can all you can really do is focus on kind of rising up with your your community and your cohort of people um and those again don't have to be in Nashville um but just don't let anybody else's success discourage you yeah ever let it let it inspire you be happy for them and just don't worry about their their success because they have other struggles that you don't know about.
0: Absolutely, you know, we all need to be reminded of that constantly. I think in this world, for some reason, but it's so true. Um, you never know when things are going to change either. You know, the craziest thing can happen tomorrow and you just, you'll never see it coming. That's happened to me. I was like, I never expected to meet that person at that little event. Do you know what I mean? But you yeah, no. Okay, last question. This is so <laughs> great. I'm so excited um, to share this interview with everybody. Um, what's the most exciting moment that you've had?
1: Oh my gosh. Okay. <laughs> I have so many. I have so many. Um, I'll give you two. One was not that long ago. Um, we were doing a Rise Elevated Liz Rose course um, that we, we did for people who had done Rise in 2020, which the whole, that whole event was launched, obviously out of quarantine, um, but we started it like in, in March of last year, almost a year ago, um, or maybe April. And um, so some of those people who, who completed that we're part of this Liz Rose course. And I've come to know Liz, she's amazing. Her team is incredible. Phil Barton and uh, Kate, just the whole team is is awesome. And it was the last night of the the program. We did maybe, you know, six sessions or so um, over like November and December. And on the last night, we're on and we're kind of wrapping our thoughts and we're doing, um, we're talking with Phil and just sort of closing out the program. And I get a text from Kate saying, heads up, Lori McKenna's about to come on. And I was like, this is a prank, (laughs) this is a prank. And she did, and she was in her home and she just came to like hang out with us. And it was a very small group of people. And I was in tears because these songwriters that I had you know, seen through all of 2020 pretty much um, got an opportunity to talk with her and, and hear her wisdom along with Liz. I mean, that was a beautiful thing in itself is, is hanging out with Liz. But then when the two of them were on there, it was like, I was speechless. I couldn't say anything. So that was one really huge one. Um, the other one that came to mind was a couple of years ago, I was not qualified to do this, <laughs> but they put me um, backstage at the Ryman. Wow! And um, like checking in the artists and stuff, and for our fiftieth um, anniversary show. Mm-hmm. Um, so huge performers. I met Garth Brooks that night. I since then have met Reba and George Strait, wow. the whole gang. But I will never forget this moment um, of Chris Christopher Stoverson coming out and going on stage and performing, and um, you know he's he's older obviously, and it was just this really tender moment of him pointing to a certain um, section in the ryman. And I was just like standing in awe off the side of the stage and he pointed up there as like a nod to Johnny Cash Mm. of like where um, Johnny would have been sitting. Um, Anyway, that was a a shiny moment for little tiny Leah (laughs) who had been here for a month. (laughs) Um, But I will never forget it. Just like standing there watching it. I was like, this is history. You know what I mean? Um, Um, there's There's been a lot of those types of things, but those two are the ones that, that came to mind right now. You've only been here a month and you saw
0: that. That would blow my mind. Oh my gosh.
1: Yeah, for real. It was about six weeks that I had been here. Wow. was standing there and I remember everyone around me being like, this is a moment you'll never forget and I was like, yeah, totally. But now looking back, it's like even more you know, crazy, you know.
0: That's insane. Well, I don't know, like a better note to end things on. I think that was perfect. Um, is there anything else that you wanted to
1: share? Um, just that if you're listening and you're trying to make a life in music, or maybe you just think it's a hobby that you love and that you're a big fan of Megan and jamming jammies, like keep going, keep doing it because the world needs that. And, um, even though there's a lot of songs out there, like there's room for your music and there's room for you to have a career and for you to have a voice. So keep going it. And Megan, thank you so much again. This is so cool and it just feels so special. And you just have no idea this this makes my week to be able to be on here with you.
0: Oh, this makes my week. I, I really <laughs> appreciate your time and I can't tell you how much your support means to me and your kind words. It's it's an uphill battle sometimes in this 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 town, but um people like you make it better. And I'm, I'm such a fan of just you as a human and everything that NSAI does. And we're gonna take over this town.
1: Yeah, yeah. women,
0: let's women. go. that's right. <laughs> Thank you so much for your time today and we'll catch up again
1: soon. Yeah, see you later. Okay, bye.
0: Time. Guess who's back again Oh they don't know, oh they don't know I bet they know as soon as we walk in Wearing fuzzy things, candy rings Ain't PJ looking so fly Don't look too hard, you might hurt yourself We look too damn good to deny At Frisky Fox I'm a dangerous girl with some footies on my feeties Keep up So many awesome hits and rhinos and we're gonna keep them coming Keep, keep up, up. Come on down to the frog and we'll get you, jemmy juice and come on. Riders only. Put your candy rings up to the moon. (laughs) What y'all
1: trying to do? What y'all trying to do? Jemmin' and Jemmy's magic in the air. Head to toe, so so cozy. PJ out, out.